2: Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen, D A D. Hello, SWATF Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm tired. Why are you tired? Well, I feel bad about saying I'm tired to you, <laughs> who has had no sleep for five months. Uh-huh. But I had a bad night's sleep last night.
3: Oh, no, how come?
2: Hot gay sex. <laughs> honestly what hot gay sex was keeping you up in the flat above me oh yeah yeah 4am the 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 guy above me he's lived problem free for five six years the entire time we've lived there Uh something has happened over the last four months we suspect He has pulled up his carpet in his bedroom, which is directly above our bedroom, Uh which means we can now hear everything. Right. So alarms has been the problem. Mm -hmm. I've actually had to go upstairs to his on a Saturday once and said, you need to have you, you either need to turn off your alarms quicker or you need to not put your alarms on so loud because he lets them run. I'm not kidding. 45 minutes. What? He sleeps through them. Oh, oh well, I mean,
3: so really, uh, the suggestion of they shouldn't be so loud is not going to help matters because if he's sleeping through them and they're and they're so loud you can already hear them, mm. then being quieter yeah. isn't going to fix that problem. Yes, yeah, so,
2: well, and it turns out now we know why he needs the alarms so many loud ones is because he has obviously had connected his phone to his Amazon Echo. So when he gets back, we we heard all of this last night because it woke us up at four a.m. Remember, he got a phone call, and we could hear you are getting a phone call from oh 07- servants, <laughs> you know like that. Yeah, and that's all we heard. Uh-huh. Then he obviously lets someone in, I'm like okay, and then it is just. <laughs> Really weird cadence sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and then ever so often, uh, <laughs> <sighs> it sounds like the trailer for Corey and Carmela. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to lean into here. That's what people want, right? The sex. We loaded it as a short. Mm. So yeah, goddamn hot gay sex. Yeah. Four in the morning on a Thursday. So he, he got a four a.m. booty call. Essentially, that's what we reckon. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a,
3: You're a bit I'm tired. I'm a bit tired. But I, well, I mean sorry if I can just stop you and I don't want to I'm not saying I'm poking holes in your story yeah. or saying that you know get over it mate. Mm. But what time
2: did you get to bed? Uh, about 10. So you got
3: 6 hours of actual sleep. Then yeah. you woke up at 4 for what seems like a very quick bone zone session.
2: I would say from phone call because we reckon the phone call I'm outside. Well, so that's actually quite you know, quick. Yeah. Um,
3: so, from phone call to. <laughs> yeah.
2: What would you say it was?
3: Half an hour. So, you got woken up for half an hour and then you go back to sleep and you usually get up at what, 10? Six. 10 o'clock, you get up to, to watch Dynamite and then. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> fart through the news.
2: I've got. The news doesn't write itself, Luke. No, Pete writes it. Not my reviews. <laughs> no, actually, pretty. no, he doesn't write any of my scripts anymore. Anyway. 6am I was up. Wow. But, yeah, I get to you only getting get getting like a half an hour interruption and eight hours of sleep. Oh, mate. Stuff da- dreams. Oh, of that, that is us. the stuff
3: dreams are made of, let me tell you. Um, so, yeah, I was talk- telling you about this the other day, but uh, we found some issues with the kid's sleep because she's going through sleep regression, five-month sleep regression, separation anxiety and teething Mm. so it's this whole whirlwind of just like i am an unhappy baby which means she doesn't like sleeping much unless she is sleeping on one of us so uh, my wife has been sort of like understandably very stressed she slept for like an hour in like (sighs) she gets pretty much an hour an hour and a half sleep a night and has done since early february so she was exhausted Mm -hmm. and just like very much beaten and she won't let me help because I've got to drive to London and this that, and the other. And yeah. it's just like probably a bit dangerous for me to be up all night and then drive to London. And then, you know, when I did it the other night, and with the, the nights when I do do it is when I'm getting the train in. So I'll just stay up with her till half three in the morning, sleeping on me and then this and the other. My mum's come down. My mum, like in a panicked move, called me and was just like, I'm going to get on the train tomorrow morning.
2: Oh, super mum.
3: So my mum came down yesterday and my mum, uh, yeah, she was like, I'll just look, I'll, I'll watch the kids tonight amazing and you two just go and get some sleep oh and we got into bed together it's the first oh, this time this was last night this was last night oh amazing it's the first time we've gotten into bed together for two months ish oh. nightmare what? what absolute nightmare she's like it's, so our entire relationship she's been blaming me for being a hot bod and like i make her too hot in the night oh sexy well I've never been so sweaty in the nights. Like, her just kicking off all of this heat and stuff. And we we actually, in the end, just kept each other up for the first few hours of us trying to go to bed. We were unused to each other. Like, at one point, apparently, I woke up and freaked out there was someone else in the bed (laughs) with me. (laughs) She woke me up at one point. It must have been about sort of half past two. She literally woke up and shook me and Mm. said, have you got the baby? Oh, she panicked. And I I looked over and was like, no, my mum's got her. And then she was like, "So, like, my wife didn't sleep for like the first three to mm-hmm. four hours. We we're actually in bed together, which in turn kept me up as well." Do you think this is all worth it? Ha-
2: having a <laughs> well, baby.
3: Do you know what? She then looks at me and smiles. The baby that is Okay. Kate. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> not- <laughs> yeah, not the wife. Um, and it that makes it all worthwhile mm-hmm. because she's such a good baby.
2: She took so a, she so took one first. smile undoes all honest, the honest,
3: I cannot tell you how much it undoes everything. Damn. And she'll do like a little laugh. I found a new thing that makes her laugh, mm-hmm. uh, which is singing What's the Story Morning Glory by Oasis. Because <laughs> you do go like, What's the story Morning Glory? And then go very close to a face and go,
1: Well... <laughs> makes her laugh That makes time. me
2: laugh. <laughs> she took her first selfie the other day. She got the phone off you. She's kind of doing the, the, the turtle lips. <laughs> she literally so i was on the phone
3: call to like my mum mm. and she just like reaches and grabs the phone and just brings it into her <laughs> mouth try and put it into her mouth and she took herself took a little selfie of herself oh. uh anyway we need to get into the main show and then we've got some emails to read out uh yeah let's talk about oh god there was so much to talk about in this episode of dynamite i picked buddy matthews it might have been an error people want to talk about mjf here's the show Hey, buddy.
2: I'm Ollie Davis. This is Luke and Welcome to the AEW Review Podcast, where we'll be talking about Buddy Murphy's date. Buddy Matthews' date. Matthews. Sorry, buddy. He watches wrestle talk sometimes. He does. This is how he
3: keeps up with his wrestling news. Yeah. It's not just him, it's Isaiah Swerve Scott, who's also apparently uh, AEW bound, and my new best friend, Danhausen what when did what did oh, what happened not, did you not see this dan Housen shared like recently he just put up an interview a clip that was like i want i want to make jeff goldblum all elite and the clip he shared was my interview i did with um jeff goldblum for thor ragnarok you know where he's talking about like the Brizango t-shirt i was wearing that's the clip that he shared that is deep in the archives i know i did that in what 2017 yeah a long time ago In a galaxy far, far away.
2: Why haven't you reached out to him to be on the show?
3: Because Adam hates him again not these lies they're not lies because i i was like over egging the pudding that adam hates Danhausen and doesn't want him on quiz mania even though adam has said he doesn't want him on quiz mania mm. uh i over egged it and then someone messaged in during the royal rumble saying adam why do you hate Danhausen so much And i was like <laughs> cool this will be where adam comes on and sets the record straight and i'm just like look this is why i don't like dan <laughs> i was like whoa, 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 whoa. Well,
2: now i feel bad because he might be watching dan, well maybe
3: yeah i like dan Housen.
2: yeah it's just it's not, but he might, he might prefer Blompier. But well, now he won't. Yeah. AEW Dynamite <laughs> was incredible last Wasn't night. Wasn't it just? Uh, please hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe if you're not already, because, I mean, you're friends with another guy who's showing up tomorrow. QT Marshall will be on the show tomorrow. And leave a comment down below if you're watching on demand. And if you're watching live, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support will read out all of your Omega chats over $5 before the end of the show. But before we get into Dynamite, this show is brought to you by my favorite VPN. WrestleTalk's official VPN sponsor. Surfshark VPN.
3: Click the link in the video description down below and enter the promo code WTPODCAST (laughs) for 83% off and three months extra for free. A lot of our viewers are American, Mm. which means you get the NAF version of the WWE Network. You know, you're watching and you're like, oh, I can't search for things. Oh, I can't pause it properly. Oh, I can't rewind. I can't sync with the WrestleTalks podcast excellent live stream reactions that they're doing. Well, if you get yourself Surfshark VPN, you can get the proper WWE Network. The old WWE Network. The old WWE Network. You can also get iPlayer over in the US, Channel 4's all four, And if you're in the UK, something like a HBO Max even. Mm. And you can also get past Geoblox, government restrictions, stay safe on public Wi-Fi, and especially if you're doing some online banking. And we know you're going to love this, but on the small teeny weeny percent chance that you don't it's a
2: 30-day money-back guarantee you've got nothing to lose go over to the link in the video description below surfshark.deals forward slash wt podcast that is correct and check out the offer there right so this episode of dynamite loads of stuff to talk about but we will start with buddy matthews's debut this came in the knights of the black throne which i've said House of Black, and then I accidentally wrote Kings of the Black Throne. It's Knights of the Black Throne. No, it's the Kings of the Black Throne, isn't it? So there was confusion
3: over this a few weeks back when they had the match against Penta and Pack, where the title, their name bar said Knights of the Black mm. Throne, but the but Justin Roberts said the Kings of the Black Throne. And I thought they said Kings again this week.
2: Okay. chat Chat saying Kings. It was Kings. What do you think's cooler? Kings. Yeah, I think Kings. Um, and they took on Penta and Pack. Penta was coming back after he got misted a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's quite unlike AEW to run a match, do a rematch so close. Mm-hmm. And Penta came back in his spooky, spooky Oskarola gimmick, which is Pentagon Dark, right? Yeah, from Lucha Underground. Yeah. yeah. So he's behind a grave. He's like ah, and then Alex Abrahantes <laughs> is dressed as Dracula. Alex Abrahantes reminds me of Dan, <laughs> Mayor of Painesville. Dan. I knew you meant yeah. 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 I mean, I like Stephen Larson said he looked like um uh, death from Bill and Ted's Bogus yeah. Journey. <laughs> well, he was like you know look, but he he was really into the role. Yeah. So bless him. I that that he looked like a fan having fun, and that made that warmed my heart. The match itself, it was a bit like 40% of it was in the ad break. Yeah. I thought, okay, second match, because the first match also was relatively short. King, The Kings won with a miss pretty early. Uh, maybe this is the, the big match where they can do everything. But no, it was another short match. It
3: feels like, and the crowd were quite quiet during this as well, I remember when they first announced Kings of the Black Throne versus Death Triangle, we were like, oh my God, that match is going to be ace. And I think our expectations were set dead high for it. And then it didn't meet those expectations whatsoever. And Ends was like, "Ah, that was pretty good. So I actually had the middling expectations going into this one because the first one was so like fine. And this one, I guess, met my expectations. I don't even think it met my expectations of it being fine. Like it was good. Nothing wrong with the match, but I wasn't like the oh my God, like that. You've got to go out of your way to watch this match.
2: Yeah, so I can see what they're doing. They're telling a story through these matches. The matches really don't matter. The the point of the first match was to miss Pentagon. The point of the second match was to debut Buddy Matthews as part of the Kings of the Black Throne afterwards. We'll talk about that very shortly. And then I guess the next chapter is actually the six-man tag where it will be Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi, Buddy, and Brody King. Brody King. So the House of Black. Versus pa- Pack, Penta, and Phoenix.
3: Yeah. The Death returning Fra- Phoenix. Death Triangle back together again, like a renegade master. Uh, once he
2: is back, fit and healthy, yeah. But it does, you know, it does... And that will be a big revolution match if Phoenix can make it back in time. It's very short. T- it's only two weeks. Mm. Next week's the go-home show. I'm just like, oh, I think... This is not the usual way AEW tell their stories. I think it would have been better to not have these two teams touch. They can have matches with other teams to tell this story around it because you've given me the match twice and it's underwhelmed me. Maybe you've just done
3: a singles match of just Penta versus Black. Yeah. Rather than doing the tag match again. Yeah. Because I really like, you know, I've got some, not issues with the match. It's just the match didn't meet like lofty expectations or anything. The match was okay. But I thought the finish was great. And the crowd really enjoyed the finish as well, which is... Malachi Black got the blind tag on Brody King, who JR at one point called, and this is a direct quote, a, direct quote, a big bastard. A direct goat. A direct goat. Um, Malachi Black got the uh, blind tag. So you're thinking, RK, okay, Pack and Penta didn't see this. He spins around Penta when they go to do the fear factor and he goes to miss him in the face. And Penta puts his hand over Malachi Black's mouth, who then starts to freak out because he swallows his own mist, and Penta then rolls him up to get the win. I thought it was a really, really cool finish. And then afterwards, that big bastard, Brody King, starts beating them down. Malachi goes to the outside, swigging some water and stuff to try and clear the mist, which I thought was a really nice yeah, touch. Nice touch. I, no, it was a really nice touch. He gets back into the ring with the shuffle that Malachi Black sorry. Pentagon had brought, Pentagon down. Had brought down, do apologize. And he was going to stab him in the throat. Lights go down.
2: Sting,
3: and they come back up and it's Buddy Matthew standing in the ring and the crowd had already worked out that he was going to be siding with Malachi Black and Brody Kinkers that is what they teased last week yeah yeah but the commentary team i thought did a really fun job of being like oh my god it's a ghost from malachi black's mm. past a rival born new he's in aew that's buddy matthews um oh, malachi black looks like he's
2: seen a ghost and all this sort of stuff and malachi black someone who usually has a very stoic facial expression yeah he was on the floor cowering <gasps> Oh no really it's good facials buddy matthews
3: and then buddy matthews beats up pack and Malachi Black, in uh, I've written in my notes here, laughs his tits off. <laughs> he's proper in the ring, going like,
2: "Ha ha 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 ha!" Yeah, that's how Malachi Black celebrates, laughing. Uh, Brody King expresses joy by running up the <laughs> ramp and just started lamping security guards. Oh, yeah. It was even, amazing.
3: I didn't even see the security guards run out. It's just like, "Where's Brody King going?" <laughs> it was like, "Oh, he's decking people." <laughs> It was so rad. It was
2: like, it was, it was, it looked really sloppy in the best possible way. Yeah. I thought it looked great.
3: I thought they were just coming down for the next segment with (laughs) Kingston and Jericho. And Brody King just starts wiping them out. Mm. And then Buddy Matthews is beating up on Pack. He's beating up on Penta. And Malachi Black literally has to like pull him off to be like, whoa, 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 slow down. And he gives him a chair and he does a big face stomp thing onto Penta into the chair. Penta and Pack are like, no.
1: Ooh, and mm. they sort of
3: like comfort each other while the they disappear when the lights go down. I felt like Penta did not
2: sell this beat down. Didn't
3: he just because? <laughs> so the end spot of this is Buddy Matthews stomping his head into a chair. The last image is Pentagon Jr. like comforting Pack after Pack had got kicked by Buddy Matthews. Like hopping up as well, walking over.
2: Are you okay, okay. Pack? You're right there. Uh, yeah, I like it was so big. I was like, did I? not see who took that move just I... now. And I went back and, no, it was Penta. But Penta not selling something. <laughs> what do you know? Surprise, surprise. Uh, what, are you excited about Buddy joining the House of Black?
3: Very much so. I mean, me and Pete talked about this last week because they had essentially teased last week as Buddy Matthews. Like, what are you waiting for? Uh, history, I think, was his words. And we were talking about, it. I was like, when they did the releases, the WWE releases, there were a few names that, there were four names that I said are must signs mm. for AEW. That was Keith Lee, uh, Shane Strickland, Athena, the former Ember Moon, and Buddy Matthews. That was my top four. And I've got three of the four now. My question I have to you, though, is A, are you excited? B, um, we've had quite a few signings recently. Mm. You know, Dan Housen, Brody King, Nick Wayne, although he's not been on TV. Keith oh, Lee. Oh, I don't think he'll be on TV. Not for a while, no. yeah. But, I'm, you know, just in general, Keith Lee. Now we've got Buddy Matthews coming in. Shane Strickland is reportedly a done deal. And there's Jeff Hardy. That's Mm. seven new signings in a very short period of time. Budget issues.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Tony Khan. Uh, Yes, I do think it's too much. Uh, I think you know prepare yourself everyone for a lot of contracts not being renewed. Well Tony has said that yeah. on Busted Open Radio he said like once contracts are up then there will be some that I just I'm not going to renew. Which is a shame because you look at the sort of people who were regulars a couple of years ago. I'm just thinking Brian Cage, Marco Stunt, those people Hybrid too. Hy- oh my god, yeah. Yeah, they're still in the HFO aren't they? Like where have they?
3: Have they all have they already been released? Oh my god. Cuz they would have signed probably
2: 3 year deals. Uh, Cody, of course. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, but Cody's his own island as per usual. But uh, a lot of the other people, I'm I'm like, you never really got a fair shake of the stick. Uh, Particularly, I'm talking mostly about Brian Cage and to an extent stunt because me and Adam were talking about the Revolution Ladder match and how it's just big boys with Powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow and Keith Lee. And I was like, you've got to put Stunt in. there." <laughs> just imagine those three guys yeeting him back and forth. Yeah, It's amazing. what he's made for. Yeah, it would have been amazing. But yes, I think too many people are joining. Uh, and I would have preferred to have focused on Keith Lee for a month. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than... We've got a buddy, Brody King only just debuted as well. Exactly, no, I know. I agree with you actually on that one. It is quite a lot of new names,
3: and yeah, it's very exciting because these are the people that I wanted to see mm-hmm. in AEW. So as a fan, I'm thrilled for them, and I'm thrilled for them as performers, and I'm thrilled that as a fan, I get to enjoy their work. But it's
2: also, you know, where's Jay Lethal been? Yeah, I, I think it's a classic case of all us wrestling fans wanting something, and it being given to us, and now we're like ah but it's not what we needed what we needed is an actual more concentrated focus on the existing roster you have when I was a kid um, I only had one Power Ranger
3: Mm -hmm. but my friend had all of the Power Rangers and he had all the Megazords and stuff and now you know I look back at that time and I think he couldn't spend all of his time with all of those figures he couldn't really have like he can play with every single one of them at the same time but my one got a lot of love
2: which one was it? add the red ranger was it a flicky head one where it goes from the mask to the no it was, just, it
3: was a bog standard 399 power ranger it might not have no, been no articulation yeah, it might not have been official but like <laughs> but, but you know like tony khan is he has got he just keeps getting new buzz light years like mm-hmm. every single week and there's a there's a lot of woodies that are in the toy chest that are just sort of waiting to be played with and he's like oh, nope I, like I keep getting my buzz light years
2: out Let's see what you guys think of the Omega Chats. Remember, uh, support at rest, no, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get your Omega Chats in there. We'll read them all out over $5. Chris Nolan says, another great show. Great to see Buddy Matthews in AEW, but with the announcement of Double or Nothing, is it just me? Or does anyone else miss Saturday night AEW pay-per-views? I know I miss them. No, because we got WWE there now. Exactly, yeah. And you know what? Like, It kind
3: of causes a bit of trouble with us like <laughs> scheduling in reviews. So... Actually, doing them on Sundays
2: is kind of nice because we yeah. just review them on the Monday. Uh, dorks of whatever. Hi, guys. Hope you're having a good time today. Last night's episode was fun to watch, but his appearance also almost made me do a spit take all over my laptop, lol. Also, I love the MJF promo. I thought it was very interesting. Jam that jam. And IW for life. Sadie degenhausen Hello, beautiful boys. What an episode. Buddy is going to be awesome in the House of Black but we'll need to get some tats to fit in. Give us trios titles already, TK. MJF is the goatiest goat, a direct goat, that ever goated, five out of five, 94% show whole effing F. Mm. Uh, That's Sean Ross's, Sean Ross Sapp's new sweary thing. Oh, was that that on Quasilemania last night? whole effing F. (laughs) Eventually, it will just be the effing FF. You can't replace every word with F. It was pretty funny, though. Um, I do, there was something about Buddy that just didn't gel visually with Malachi. Wait till he puts the suit on. Yeah, that'll be what it is. It's weird how there's like the specter of Seth in all of this. Is there? Yeah, because it was Malachi who had. I know Buddy oh, Murphy took out the eye, but yeah. that was under Rollins' instructions. Yeah. Buddy was Seth's disciple. Seth used to whisper stuff in Buddy's ear. I tell you what. Seth Buddy. Ron, Seth runs to AEW. Yeah, cover. yeah. Well, hundred percent. Buddy needs a black glove. Oh, maybe he takes pentas.
5: <gasps>
2: oh. oh, the bad one, Jam Beard. They are the kings of the Black Throne, honoring the House of Black. Can't wait until Phoenix gets healed up, and we can get a trios match of these six guys.
3: That's the other thing I would say as well. I would keep this off Revolution because you've already got a trios match for Revolution between mm. the Hardy, the Andrade Hardy family
2: stairwell, and um, the lads. <laughs> <laughs> St- Sting Darby
3: <laughs> and Sammy.
2: Yeah. Tem Ruzza. As an Australian. Sorry, Ollie. It's all right. I am so proud of Buddy. A great rep for us. Looking insanely good. Can't wait for the dream matches. I need Tony Khan to deliver on Revolution and the big thing. Oh, yeah. The... Well, I think it could just be an, an announcement of another show. Need Mania to be great after the past 24 hours. Hashtag I stand with Ukraine. I think his
3: announcement needs to be bigger than just because there were some people who thought it was the double or nothing announcement mm-hmm. and he has said that he can't he legally he's not allowed to say anything at the moment the lawyers have told him there's an nda that has been signed so he's not allowed to say anything currently mm. it was meant to be announced yesterday and i'm guessing he was then spending the day being like i want to see something and the lawyers were like "Nah, uh-uh you can't say the magic
2: word he can't help himself he's probably thinking like hall of fame worthy <laughs> 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 it's the biggest change of landscape uh, forbidden Do- oh. dream signing oh. i didn't even mean to say forbidden door i've got to get bring jay white
3: in um i mean for me i'm hoping it's the aew new japan show in the uk in the uk yeah my point i was going to make was though this needs to really pay off and be a big announcement because otherwise he is just dixie cartering it at the mm. moment where it's just every week hey guys tune into dynamite because i've got a major announcement the major announcement is we're doing an extra hour of TV next week.
2: No, it's uh, it was always, I can't remember his name, Jackson Rikers. Gunner's. Gunner, has signed, a new Gunner has signed a new multi-year deal. I'm like, he signed a new multi-year deal four months ago, Dixie. Stop getting me with these. Yeah. Um, of course, this episode is brought to you by Surfshark BPD and I'm stolen your gimmick. That's okay, my friend. Click the link in the video description down below
3: or the one that's being shared by our wonderful moderating team and get yourself 83, that's three percent off and three months extra for free using our promo code WTPodcast.
2: It is the WrestleTalk VPN of choice. Uh, yeah, and it, every install, even every click helps support us. So if you haven't got a VPN, you really do need one. The great thing about Surfshark is I've got it on my phone. Well, I've got it on everything, but I've got it on my phone. And I don't want it on when I'm in the house, say. But as soon as I leave my house and it leaves my trusted work or home Wi-Fi, boom, it knows. It turns itself on. And it turns itself off at home if I had it on when I access certain apps that I put on a whitelist. There you go. So like like a banking app. Mm. which doesn't work with any VPNs, usually. Boom. And Twitter, because you're on there all the time. I'm going to delete Twitter off my phone, (laughs) honestly. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's a time sink. It's a waste of time. It is is a terrible place. (laughs) Shall we talk about the rest of this excellent episode of Dynamite? can we please? Opened on the Tag Team Battle Royal, which is different from the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. Yeah. I'm going to get this out here first. I think we've got too many Battle Royals this fortnight. Why? Well, you've got a Battle Royal here. Mm Mm-hmm. To, to decide a tag team number one contender. Yeah. And then you've got a battle royale next week. Yeah. To crown a number one contender as well. Correct. That's too many battle royals for me. Why? Because, there's, because they're doing two in two weeks. Yeah. Why can't it just be the... And it's going to be of all the losers. Um. Well, yeah. So why not just have the last two teams standing in this battle royal?
3: Because when they do that previously, and they did like the lights giving to let you know that it was ending, people were like, well, The Fiend's debuting.
2: Surely there is a way around this. So how how am I supposed to... Look, I really enjoyed the match. I think particularly the final bit where you had six different people and their tag partners have been eliminated. I love that stipulation. But I just think this is a really weird way to build a three-way tag match at a pay-per-view it is the most convoluted long way round
3: to do the young bucks and red dragon because well we want the young bucks and red dragon to be in the same tag team match how do we get there we'll work backwards from there <laughs> someone pitched two different battle royals like i i kind of like it in a way though because red dragon won this one and then later on adam cole yells at everyone yells at red dragon in particular get on the same page with the young bucks because we need them we are a team we need to be on the same page
2: it was more, I, I can't have you doing this right now. I need to focus on page. Yeah, which is even better. Yeah. So uh, next
3: week, Red
2: Dragon helped the Young Bucks win
3: to appease Adam Cole, right? And so it will be like, yeah, you know, Adam's right. We need to get onto the same page. They help the Bucks win. And then they can bust during the tag team match. I think that's actually quite a nice little story there.
2: Oh, yeah. I think I've got nothing against Red Dragon and the Bucks. Well, actually, no, I also do. Because I feel like the tag team champions have not been focused on. I think that's
3: unfair. They have been defending their titles basically every week since they won them. Against the Gun Club? Against the top five ranked tag teams. It doesn't feel like that. There's no like meaty story there. No, there's no meaty story. But I I think to say they have not been featured on TV is unfair.
2: Uh, I think there's a difference between being featured on TV and feeling like the 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 proper tag team champion. Which hasn't really happened since the Young Bucks had the belts. To be honest, it's only ever the Young Bucks that get focused on. They're they they they're the only team that feels like the tag team champions when they have the belts.
3: This is going to be one of the points I was going to bring up later is, um, I feel bad for someone like a Ruby Soho. You look back at All Out and the big mm. debuts around All Out was Punk, Danielson, Cole, and Soho. And yeah, if you look at the... Punk's been on TV every single week, has been featured in multiple storylines since he came in. Danielson on TV basically every week, featured in multiple storylines. Adam Cole has been through multiple feuds and been on TV basically every single week. And then there's Ruby Soho, who lost to Britt Baker, and it was like, and that's about it now. I think she did something with Nyla Rose. That was it. Yeah. And like, so she didn't have a match at the last pay-per-view, hasn't got a match at this pay-per-view. And it's kind of the, that's the problem with having too many Buzz Lightyear's. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And this, like, as, as fun as this match was, seeing all those tag teams in there. We did enjoy this episode, by the way. It was one of the best episodes. <laughs> I'm just, just going to get all those thumbed down comments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Seeing that ring full of all these people. And there was a moment when Santana and Trent face off against each other. It's the loudest pop of the whole match. Yes.
3: Yeah, there were two moments like this. There was Santana and Trent facing off and the comments would be like, oh, they're parking lot brawling, Daily's pace two years ago and this that, and the other. And there was the Young Bucks and FTR as full team standing off against each other. And the crowd suddenly went, oh, we haven't had another Young mm. Bucks FTR match. I'd
2: really like to see another one of those. With FTR and the Bucks, you know, I feel like they have had things to do by the pinnacle or, you know, the Bucks have everything. Um, but I seeing Trent and Santana, and Santana was awesome in this match. Wasn't he just? There's a great shot. I can't remember who, I think it was one of the gun club. He just like comes up behind them and then a th- thumbs yeah. up and throws him out. I just thought, oh man, like, that they've been off the boil for so long. And I thought with the whole inner circle
3: storyline they were doing, that maybe they were going to be one of the tag teams to win this Mm. and be featured on the pay-per-view and try and capitalise on some of the popularity they've got. But I think it will probably end up being the Young Bucks. Unless, of course, that's the big swerve. And it is going to be proud and powerful going into that match, which I would also really, really love. My worry there is if it isn't Santana Ortiz, that means they would just again use as pawns to put over Chris Jericho's feud with Eddie Kingston for the pay-per-view.
2: Yeah. And if it is Santana Ortiz going in there, where's the story? Like one week out, you make that match, and all three teams have been pretty separate. I guess Red Dragon and uh, Jurassic Express had some stuff late last year with the best friends. Yeah,
3: I suppose the storyline is um, the Young Bucks and <laughs> basic off against yeah. Red Dragon.
2: It'll be. I just feel like the tag division is has all the potential in the world, and it is not realizing it. Yeah. But I really enjoyed this match. I thought this I thought this <laughs> Battle
3: Royal. Yeah, AEW this week, this was a tremendous <clears throat> episode of Dynamite. And one of the things I absolutely love about Dynamite, mm-hmm. and what I really, really appreciate is Tony Khan as a booker and as a promoter, is he paces out his shows. Oh. When he paces out his shows well, it is spot on. This Battle Royal and the angle that came after it with Adam Cole and Hangman Page, Took up the first half an hour of this mm. show. We then had uh, two really long interview segments, the Kingston and uh, Jericho one, the MJF promo, two really long promo segments and matches in between that. And when it got to Danielson and Garcia, I was like, man, we have not got a lot of time left for
2: this show. And I paused it to go and get myself a drink. There was still half an hour left of the show. It's really interesting you bring this up. I saw a comment on Reddit, sort of thoughts on it, and they summarized it perfectly this felt way longer than two hours in a good way. Yeah. How many times do we say that about Raw? Like, oh my God, this was a long three hours. But this is like, it was so much stuff that happened in it. Yeah. I, I And I think that is a recent development because we would say, oh, first hour is usually good, but then it is pretty scattergun hard in the second hour. At least for like three quarters of it, and then uh-huh. there's a really good main event. But this, this, the, the last month or a month and a half, yeah, he's excelled in it yeah
3: but this was a (laughs) really really good tag team match like you said as well one of my favorite things about this is unlike another company's tag team Mm -hmm. battle royals you're not a your tag team isn't eliminated if one of you goes out so you're all still in the match even if your partner goes out and it came down to like six guys with excuse me none of their putts came out i was trying to hold that in none of their partners around them so it was um matt jackson carlo Riley, dax harwood and john silver and it was santana and uh, santana and trent beretta and they sort of like cancelled each other out so even that was your final four and the crowd was super into john silver winning this um he didn't um but i loved dax Harwood in these final moments oh, yeah. when he was hammering Kyle O'Reilly on the ring apron, like proper battering him with forearms and these worked punches and Kyle's amazing celibate and everything. And then Bobby Fish just appears from nowhere and just like, whoop, sweeps the leg and eliminates Dax Harwood. I cannot wait for FTR versus Red Dragon.
2: It's not a match I had really thought about, but when it was happening on the apron, I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Uh, also shout out to the support Talk t-shirt wearer, in the crowd we saw you thank you um but yeah so the it's john silver carl o'reilly and matt jackson Carlo Riley fake carl o'reilly oh. fakes a shoulder injury says oh i can't throw silver out can you do it to matt matt throws john silver out carl jumps him from behind throws him out red dragon wins Kyla Riley is
3: so good at selling mm. I thought he had hurt his shoulder. <laughs> and I, there's a part of my brain was like, oh my God, I hope Carl's not hurt because yeah, he's going yeah. to have a big match at Revolution. Like they just, he's only just come back. I really hope he isn't injured. He was so like really grabbing at his arm. And it was this wonderful work thing. And then it was like, whoops. And just took Matt out. It was so great. And then the Young Bucks get back in and they're arguing with Red Dragon who's like, what? I don't know. And then Ollie Davis, I don't know how you cannot be into Hangman Page as the AEW world champion. I
2: am, I am. I'm into Hangman Page,
3: because <laughs> <laughs> Page's music hit, and I went, <gasps> and I got a proper excited that Page was coming out for this segment. And he came out, and he started battering into Red Dragon, and the and I was like, and oh, the young bucks are there, and the young that bucks just great. sort of sort of stand there and watch it. And then he stands, Page, that it stands up and looks at them, and the bucks just go, they're all yours. And they
2: step out of the ring. What a beautiful mirroring of that Omega Hangman match where the Bucks did exactly the same thing.
3: Oh my God, it was so, so good. And then he... Cole runs down and is going to try and super kick him. Saw it coming. They brawl. Sets up to do the buckshot, but Red Dragon pulled Cole out of the ring. And Hangman Page has got this chair. And he sits down. He's like, it's time for story time mm-hmm. with Adam. Adam Page, Page. baby. <laughs> and he says this line and it cuts to... Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole just goes son of a bitch. Uh,
2: what was that? Bobby Fish had a really good off mic line as well, where he said he's gonna bury you. He's like, Are you a cowboy or a dead man? Make up your mind. <laughs> he's basing yourself, Mike, like it's a terrible story, Page. <laughs> yeah. While Kyle O'Reilly is in the middle of them, like <laughs> still selling this buckshot. He took
3: that buckshot so beautifully as well. This was all thing, and he cuts this promo, a wicked promo about how, you know, Adam Cole has been a champion wherever he's gone, and he saw his world crumbling around him. So like a coward, he ran back to his friends, and now he's coming after the richest prize in this game. But what he doesn't realize is he's actually close to a six-foot burial site, six-foot hole in the ground, and he's going to be put into there by the sound of a buckshot. Boom. It was
2: so, so good. Nice visual. Like sort of a storytelling uh, visual of a promo. Very good. Uh, And yes, I guess this pushes us in the way of thinking it's going to be Hangman and the Bucks against Red Dragon and Cole at one point. Yeah, I think so. That would be the main event of a big dynamite. Uh, Right. After that, we had a quick Brian Danielson promo with uh, Tony Schiavone about Daniel Garcia in the main event. He said 2.0 are bad mentors. At Garcia's age, I was being mentored by William Regal.
3: Mm-hmm. What he was basically doing is he'd watched uh, Parts of Unknown and saw your fantasy booking video of his debut and was like, huh, it's
2: not a bad idea, actually. It was my Kurt Angle booking, wasn't it? Then you
3: had Danielson's Dojo taking on Daniel Garcia. I think that was all Kurt Angle. Didn't we do the Kurt Angle one together? Because my Kurt Angle one was basically my leftover Brock Lesnar idea. My
2: Kurt Angle one was putting over... I'm pretty sure it was putting over Garcia in the end.
3: Yeah? What yeah. was your Danielson one then?
2: Did I do a Danielson one?
3: Yeah, that was the first
2: one you did against um, Alex Queen of the Ring. Oh, my God. Spotify's own Alex Queen of the Ring. What did I do? I Can't remember. Uh, but it's all by the by because the next segment, Oh, oh my God. I mean, to me, this is the biggest thing on the episode. This is one of the best promos I've ever seen. I respect AEW and CM Punk and MJF so much because they have taken a story that kind of writes itself and they've made it a million times better. This is currently on its way to being my favorite wrestling feud of all time. I look back at all their segments, their one match they've had so far, it's perfection and it's better than perfection it's better than i thought it could ever be
3: i saw a comment on a video that we did i can't remember what video it was now that said this punk mjf feud has been really bad it's just a carbon copy of the mjf feud because it was punk going through all the members of um uh thingy what's this group called pinnacle Mm. And I thought that was a really unfair way to, to look at it. And one of the things I actually love about this feud is that it has had so many twists and turns. And twists and turns that I didn't ever see coming. No one could have seen this promo coming. This is MJF talking about how the fact that, you know, everyone thinks I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but I was bullied at school because of his Jewish heritage. And learning difficulties he's learning difficulties, got adhd and he had high school football team like he finally got into the football team he thought he was gonna have friends there and they bullied him they were throwing quarters at him um someone's coming into the room the shots off center It's driving me insane all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna sort it out as your as your jam you're, 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 you're making it worse pete i'm definitely not Definitely needs to be central. You've just moved it back to where it was. That is even not even close to being true. Uh, That's that's exactly what it was, Pete. It's definitely not. That's that's now central. You can tell by the two corners. Just needs to be central, because it's driving me nuts, and it's driving everyone else nuts in the office as well. And as you're jam that champion, there's a comment there that says, "Jam that champion." So you've just made it worse, says Daniel. That's just not true. Look at
2: the background. But I'm not shut now. Pete, you've absolutely ruined that, mate. Pete, how have yeah, you even done yeah, that? Completely. How can we both be off shot? I've no idea what you were thinking. I'm the true Jadlet champion. Leave me alone. I got
3: bullied into coming here. Wasn't even going to change it. Then everyone bullied me in the office to go do it. Who bullied I you, it. you, Pete?
2: Everyone. <laughs> Can't just say everyone. Was it Terry? Maybe. Terry. I'll have words. <laughs> well, we were talking about anti-Semitic abuse. <laughs> and real so, good time to interrupt. Yeah. A, now, now your laptop's sort of in the corner. Can you move that? That's better. Thank you. Yeah.
3: Um, so anyway, MJ. This is. I'm, I'm annoyed that Pete came in during this you, segment. You were talking
2: about the football team. He's on the football. Yeah. Team. Exactly. Yeah. And
3: he picked up on Punk's line from last week, where Punk said, "You meeting me was the greatest day of your life, but for me, it was just Friday." And you know, it was a reference to the, the Street Fighter reference, which I thought was wonderful anyway, because I popped for it massively. But MJF just picked up on that line. Which was like, yeah, to you, it was just Friday. But for me, it was a really important day because that was the day that he got those quarters thrown in and by the high school police. was so was like, but at least I get to meet my hero CM Punk tonight. And he met CM Punk and it was amazing. And he made him want to be a professional wrestler. And he dreamed of those things. And then not one month later, did Punk quit wrestling. When I needed you most. When I needed you most, you quit. You left. You left me. <laughs> you left all of us and i love that they're tapping into this idea that the voice of the voiceless took that voice away and just left us on our own and it reminded me when i did my cm punk is cm punk actually good video i brought this up as like my opening thing was like to, he was a hero to so many of us and then for a long period of time he has become the guy that abandoned us and went off for a joke ufc run where he got completely chumpetized and We all sort of like fell off the CM Punk bandwagon a little bit. Like, you know, people made the point. He could have gone anywhere else. Mm. He could have gone to New Japan. He could have gone to Ring of Honor. He could have literally, but he literally abandoned wrestling and abandoned that fan base that he said, I'm here for you. And I love that MJF has tapped into that. And then he's like, no, you know, I saw that uh, photo on Instagram. Have you seen the comment? Yeah. So the Instagram account that he was talking about, uh, Wrestling Classic, found... The comment that MJF left on like this is a, so. This is a completely true story. It's a shoot. This is a shoot, brother. This is the comment that MJF me- uh, left at the time. Uh, I don't know if you're even going to see this or read this, but I effing love the SU post. I was in college with a football scholarship, but I didn't want to be there my whole life. I wanted to have one. I wanted to be one thing: a pro wrestler. I was up there in my college, depressed, knowing I didn't want to be there, and I just wanted to be home, starting my dream. But I was afraid that uh, uh, I was afraid. One day I went on my Instagram and I was scrolling down, looking at your pics. It helped me realize that this is what I love. So I left college and I enrolled in wrestling school near my home. I'm going to start a journey uh, on Tuesday and I hope someday I will make dreams come true. And you will post a pic of me as a WWE superstar. (laughs) Just wanted to say thank you for helping me wake
2: up. So he mentioned that uh, and he said, so I decided to become the best wrestler in the world not because of CM Punk, but in spite of him. And to me, first of all, it was a beautifully delivered promo. This was a babyface promo. He's crying at the right points. There's a bit when he mentioned being one of the only Jewish, one of two Jewish boys to try out for the football team, and someone must have popped. And MJF off the cuff went, we got a couple of Jews in the house like that. It was really like affable stuff. And he gets to that moment in spite of CM Punk and it's you zoom out and you realize you've been watching this movie where there's the, the good guy CM Punk and there's the bad guy MJF and they've been doing the normal good guy, bad guy things. And then in that moment, you realize, wait a second, this is MJF's origin story. CM Punk created the supervillain of MJF. It's The Incredibles. And CM Punk comes out not to do a shoot response of his own. He looks genuinely concerned, gets in the ring and asks MJF, is that true? All off mic. And MJF, I didn't see it, but apparently goes, it's true, crying and walks out. And I just, I've never seen anything like it. This is not a wrestling feud. This is an actual character story you think of promos historically they're there to sell a match yeah this is here to tell a story this really is like a step forward in the evolution of how mainstream wrestling stories are told
3: punk's performance i mean mjf was incredible in this not to take anything away from cm punk because punk walked down to this ring looking at mjf but if if you see he's still got his like fist balled because he's almost got this look on his face like, okay, where's Wardlow? Like? Where's Sean Spears that's going to jump me? And like, this is all one big mm. ruse. And the closer he gets to the ring and the closer he gets towards MJF and sees it, like the look in his eyes, he's now realized like, oh, this isn't... I'm not being worked. I'm not about to be jumped. And then it's just he looks at him and it's all off mic. He doesn't grab mic, microphone. He just goes, is that true? And, and MJF's got one tear rolling down his face. He's like, yeah, it's true. And he walks away. And they're having a dog collar match last week mjf uh, CM punk was like i am gonna leave your blood on this mat and then mjf tells him this story what's punk gonna do in the match now is he still gonna be that angry cm punk that's like i'm gonna paint the ring with your blood or is he gonna be like i let you down Mm -hmm. i i cannot
2: wait to see what they do with this next week it really changes the dynamic. I, you know, went into this final match being like, yeah, revenge. Yes, exactly. Punk. Oh my and God. Now, now I'm like, oh, you're making me feel too many complicated sides. Even
3: Tony Schiavone said, I, I feel bad for him.
2: Tony Schiavone yeah. feels bad for MJF.
3: And this was like one of the most powerful things that AEW Dynamite has ever done, what wrestling might have ever done. And it was at that point I spotted the guy wearing the support wrestle talk t shirt, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, look at that guy."
2: MJF knows he's I know. he's my friend Ollie. He's like, "Needs his hairline." So yeah, it just I guess the way I would see this going next, although what's the point of even predicting anymore? Should we just sit <laughs> yeah, back, and, know, and enjoy yeah. the ride? It's it's kind of those like those scenes in. You know, there's great scenes. The scenes I prefer, I do not I'm not a fan of forty minute action sequences. I want there to be some emotional conflict and dialogue between the two guys at the big end of battle. I don't know why Black Panther's the only one coming into my head. No, mate, it's freaking Tony and Cap. You killed my mum. I'm like, okay, I can see both sides now. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it's is it gonna I still think Punk should win, but I think MJF will prove himself punk will acknowledge him and it will be that kind of holistically satisfying ending yeah um yeah i'm so curious to know it's a dog collar match i'm also just gonna quickly oh sorry they're (laughs) thematically tied together (gasps) i never even thought of that physically oh wow
3: um just because i know that some people will try and correct you it's um he killed my mum, not you killed my mum.
2: Sorry, of course. <laughs> Captain America did not kill Tony Stark's mum. <laughs> and, and, and they looked at her and said, I could do this all day. <laughs> very young cat like. Uh, yeah, I just oh man, I this, is, this was such a good segment. Like, you know, when AEW is really good when I stopped my lady partner leaving the house for work to explain to her the whole story. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was like, and he left last week and he was crying and we were like, ha ha, we got one over on you and he came out and he's still crying. Oh my God, I feel all these emotions now. And like I, me and Pete said last week the reason why he looked so sad is because he was like, what have I got myself
3: into? I'm Guess. now in a dog collar match and I we were completely off-base. What he was upset about was CM Punk saying that day was like nothing to me when it was everything to
2: MJF. It's, it's like it's it's like a point in a film when you're like, oh, I want to reread this or rewatch this to see all the bits that I missed. Because this has got to have been the plan from the get-go. This is like, you know, you start... The great stories start with the finish in mind. So they must have been sowing seeds from this from the start. I mean, we've seen that picture before. The picture's been brought up from almost the outset. Yeah, uh,
3: I... One last question because we do need to move on because mm. we have we're going massively over time with this episode already. Um, there's someone in the chat there who said, Do you not think this is just MJF working punk?
2: Like next week, does he really like to reveal that it was all one big ruse? Well, I hope not. I hope not as well. But that's how I felt for the first half of this promo. Yeah, I was right. like, When are you gonna turn on me? Yeah, when are you gonna, when are you gonna say, But actually, you're all mid, but yeah. it never came. Sorry, just one last thing. Uh, a dog collar match. MJF said he's not going to quit because that'll make me know better than you. Ah! <laughs> and I, you know, he was like, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to leave this business
3: like CM Punk did because I'm not a gutless coward. He had the crowd in the
2: palm of his hand for this all-time great segment. I mean, if if this uh, Revolution match is 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 good, it's my favorite feud of all time. Probably, you know, like Champer and Gargano is probably my most recent, uh, long feud that I've really, really loved. Uh, but this this surpasses it because it hopefully will have an actual finish. What about that? Uh, one week where Deborah was the manager of The Rock, yeah, you know, you're like <laughs> why, is, why is it there? <laughs> uh, Garcia and 2.0, uh, Promon Danielson, my god, 2.0 are charismatic. I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> They just shout. It's like how Katy Perry sings. Uh, well,
3: no, not all of them. Jeff Parker just does yeah. his regular promo, and then it comes to Malia. He's like, "Maxley!" <laughs>
2: <laughs> we had the House of Black, Penta and Pack promo. We've already covered uh, Baker, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa had a video promo. We got Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston face to face, and this was another outstanding in-ring promo segment.
3: Eddie Kingston is the man. He is just like. You just had that MJF promo with that incredible mic work. And then any kids I was like, well, if there's one person who's going to be able to follow that up, it's probably my boy Kingston.
2: I felt like, you know, this was more Jericho's promo because Jericho got the bulk of the words in. Kingston is so great. What, I, what annoys me sometimes is promos where it's my turn, your turn, your... Kingston will just, like, snipe at you as you're trying to talk. It was a bit when Jericho said, I thought you could be a great babyface. What's a (laughs) babyface? Kingston just says, what's a babyface? Oh, Mike. Oh, brilliant. Um, But there was security in the ring separating them. And Jericho said, yeah, I've brought these here. Jericho is an out-and-out heel. And it was,
3: you know, I've not been on Jericho's side for the last few weeks because I think all of his influencer stuff is bad yeah it ain't ain't great and like you know he's between good gimmicks he's between good gimmicks um eventually and you know you've been saying it he'll hit on a little bit of the bubbly and we'll be back on jericho's side but actually i think this was a quite a masterstroke to have Mm. the security in the ring here because as part of kingston's fuel was just like this is silly sports entertainment nonsense i'm not a sports entertainer i'm here i'm not like you you know where you have been i'm here to fight you and I just think that was a wonderful little touch that Jericho was like, yeah, I brought these out here because that, that kind of is his past. And they were down the road from Stamford, Connecticut and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And I loved Kingston just standing next to the security guards doing the same pose as them be like, ooh, I'm a security <laughs> guard now.
2: Uh, so it, oh, the Jericho's big line here. Uh, Kingston got a few, you know, he's obviously terrific and everything he does, but this was more Jericho driving the story because Jericho said, ever since I saw you, I realized you've got achieve phobia which is an actual word. I looked it up. I thought Jericho just invented something. Uh, and it's that Eddie's uncle was a disappointment. Eddie's father failed. And Eddie's like, you know, oh, God, when you bring up Eddie's family, well, I was... He
3: mentioned his uncle, and Eddie threw his microphone down. You could hear it, you're going like, And I bounced on the floor, and I was like, oh, hello. Like, this isn't sports entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I had so many moments in this where I was, like, in my seat being like... and. Yeah. I got legit goosebumps in this segment when Jericho, you know, he's laid out the challenge. Basically, whereas, well, you know, he's like, you're a failure. You've never won the big one. You'll never win the big one, which is such a perfect one line. Here is what this feud is about, which is mm-hmm. what Jericho is very, very good at. And Eddie Kingston picks up the microphone that he threw down. And he was like, I, I want to fight with you, but I don't want mimosa match. Chris Jericho. I don't want the Chris Jericho that was thrown off a cage by MJF. I want the first AEW world champion. I want the guy that Tenru thought was great. I want i was like, I was want the guy who turned WCW upside down. I want the guy that your close friend Levesque hated. And then he just gets so close into his face and whispers, and I'm going to eat you alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I got legit chills. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I think he might. <laughs>
2: yeah. It, uh, yeah. But re- really, Eddie's biggest opponent is himself. That's what it's all about. I mean, like you look back on Eddie's most recent feuds, Punk, Danielson, Miro, he, he always loses. Never wins and, the big one. And that is, you know, that ties in and it's such a big part of his character. And me as an Eddie fan, I want him to start winning. I want him to win all these matches. But if he does start winning, because I, I expect him, I expect Jericho to put him over. That's the way this story is built and should go. What, i can't imagine a world where eddie starts winning How, what does that take away from him
3: well that was gonna be my question is like when jericho set the lineup of like you never win the big one i was like okay well that's probably eddie's gonna win at revolution then and you know Sunday. and i loved the fact that jericho was like when you win it will have been i that gave that mm. to you and i will come down and you can thank me for it and and the Sunday other but then i was like but what if eddie loses again like yeah you're right like what happens if eddie starts winning matches but what if Eddie loses here as well? Like, what does that do for Eddie Kingston?
2: Well, I think, Car- like, character-wise, yeah. I mean. Character-wise, uh, I think he's lost enough. I don't know where else you can go. Push-wise, it's not right because he needs a win. And Santana and Ortiz-wise, I think Eddie needs the win for them to side with him. And then, that, that you know, maybe that's the next thing. You've got a trios thing there. Yeah, And Eddie can carry on that way but uh, sold me on the match and mm-hmm. then some
3: yeah the uh last point to make on this as well is that jericho talked about eddie's first match in aew was against what's his
2: name mm. hey you know what's his name warhorse uh no it was one it was the other one okay yeah uh andrade and hardy family office are in a stairwell why don't they have an office because
3: they're crap like that's <laughs> that's their gimmick <laughs> they're crap
2: and they set up a tornadoes trio, tornado trios match, with uh, who the it? lads, private party, and Andrade. No, no, it's Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Andrade
3: versus the lads of Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy. I wish it was just Sammy vs Andrade, yeah. at the pay per view rather than on Rampage.
2: You got a bit of Darby and Andrade though as well.
3: Yeah, but I just. I'd have much rather just been the singles match with the belt.
2: Feels like a TV match, not a pay-per-view.
3: Yeah, well, whereas they put the pay-per-view
2: match on TV. Yeah. On the taped show, no less. Ricky Starks took on 10 in a Revolution ladder match qualifier. beating him pretty easily with a spear. But I loved the
3: fact that they put 10 in this match. Because, and the commentary team were putting this over so much, it's Keith Lee, it's Wardlow, it's Powerhouse mm. Hobbs. It's the Hoss-type <laughs> ladder match. And so you put 10 in this match. I was like, okay, cool. So 10's the next Hoss to go into this match. And the commentary were like, there's a lot of big guys in this match. Can you imagine what's going to happen when 10 gets into this match as well? And Team Taz was like, don't you count out Ricky stalks? And then Ricky wins. And I'm like, putting 10 in the match was a
2: brilliant sleight yeah. of hand. And I'm so glad that Ricky won. That's a good point. Uh, but you've got the other story of now there's two Team Taz members in there. Mm-hmm. Currently, Team Taz have two and it's Wardlow and Keith Lee they also crashed a Keith Lee interview later Ricky Starks did an excellent impression (laughs) of Keith Lee and they teased the Keith Lee powerhouse Hobbs stare down Uh, backstage Bucks and Red Dragon are arguing we've spoken about this already Bucks say they're going to win next week to kick Red Dragon's ass at Revolution and Cole told them all to get along Uh, Jade Cargill took on the bunny for the TBS title good match good match overbooked but like not, actually not overbooked adequately booked
3: yeah i would say so not I, a lot of booking i quite enjoyed actually the, the post-match of this um there was a massive botch in this match though um luckily it was during the ad break but twitter does exist and so this will be on botchamania and it'll be that and it kind of will give fuel to the jade is not ready for this uh, level of things yet during the ad break um the bunny did her sliding elbow into the corner and then pinned her and aubrey had to stop her counts because jade wasn't kicking out i think what happened is jade misheard the the timing of the count Mm. so aubrey goes one two and then it stops and then and i think that that hurt the crowd because the crowd the crowd booed and were like yeah Yeah. you you effed up there like as i said like thankfully it was during the ad break so not many people got to saw it but second it went onto twitter that was just like a lot of people sharing that clip around which is which really sucks
2: the thing with Jade,
3: though, is yeah, she's green.
2: She's had like thirty matches. Well, I mean, what she's, got, she's, 28 0, she's 28
3: 0, so twenty eight and She's twenty eight and no, twenty matches.
2: Um, she's green. She's inexperienced. She makes a lot of mistakes. But you've got those, and then you've got undeniable star power. Yeah, and like it's massively outweighing. And it's just not my opinion. That is a literal metric in the ratings. She pops ratings in her quarter hours. That's
3: why she's now on TNT. She's on TBS again. Do
2: you think China could wrestle? No, she was awful. <laughs> she was a terrible wrestler. Nice like handspring nice hand back elbow. <laughs> yeah, she had a presence. And people now look back on China and go, like, oh, one of the best you know, women's stars. Not women's wrestlers, women's stars. I think that's where Jade falls. I'm, I'm fully on the Jade bandwagon.
3: And she picks up the mic while she, uh, Tony's trying to interview her afterwards, and she's like, she says who's next, and the crowd's sort of booed that a little bit, because they're, she's, they're already giving her the Goldberg mm. here how many matches you've won. <laughs> and Ty Conti comes out, and Ty Conti says, like, I'm gonna kick your ass, bitch. She runs down to the ring. Her and Ali, Ali, sorry, her and the bunny <laughs> brawl a little bit, and she hits, um, the Ty KO on her. And then Jade Cargill knocks her head off with her pump kick, which is probably the best it's the best pump kick since probably Bull Buchanan.
2: no take conti has got a really good pump kick it's not as good as jade's though <laughs> crikey uh, and then they faced off and you know Tay Tay's a lot shorter than jade and jade just pissed on the boy <laughs> awesome uh then we got that keith lee interview double or nothing advert for 29th of may all the shows there then the main event was a... Sorry, I,
3: I know we're, we're uh, nearly running over on time. Poor old Excalibur when he gets to this point of the show, though. because <laughs> It's just like, on Rampage, it's going to be Sammy versus Darby for the TNT Championship. And there's going to be a contract signing between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And on Dynamite next week, it's going to be Hangman Page versus... And Dark Order versus... The, and coming up with a revolution, is Hangman Page and Nicole. And there'll be Thunder Rosa versus Britt <laughs> Baker. And just confirmed. is And he's got like... Tony's like,
2: okay, there's 20 matches I need you to read off, but you've got to do it in 60 seconds, so um, (laughs) you figure it out. Well, he's very good at it. Uh, But the main event was Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia, Battle of the Dans. And the idea was Garcia was going to show Danielson his violent side. And what we got was, I think I preferred the Lee Moriarty match the same same this week. A bit more emotion in it. I guess this is more heel versus heel, uh, harder dynamic to pull off. But... Garcia was great as always. There were a few really cool spots. It just didn't reach the peaks of what I thought it could. You know, main event, Garcia yeah. Danielson, something I fantasized about.
3: I, I say you, what I think hurt this match somewhat is the crowds.
2: Crowd were weird all night. I'd yeah, because I thought the crowd were pretty quiet. There was a moment
3: during this match when they had like the, the Greco Knuckle Rock. And then start doing forearms into each other. So they're like, mm. they're tied up and then start forearming each other. It was a brilliant spot. And the crowd didn't react to it at all. I think had this been in front of a different crowd, that might have like really picked that crowd up and they would have stood up and have been like, oh my God, this is rad. Which really would have helped the final sequence and stuff. Because you know, like Daniel Garcia escaped cattle mutilation yeah. in this match. Credit to Brian Danielson as well, because he has gotten over <laughs> so many
2: finishes for his character oh. now that you believe every single one of them. Uh, Meltzer described this crowd as very WWE-like in that they popped for entrances and finishes. Yeah. But the actual wrestling matches didn't interest them audibly. Uh, But yep, Danielson won, of course. 2.0 jumped Danielson afterwards because he called them bad mentors. And John Moxley comes in to save him. He does save him. Garcia's got a chair. He's going to attack Moxley. But Danielson saves Moxley this time. And then they stand there opposite each other and Danielson confirms between the two that it's going to be Moxley versus Danielson at the pay-per-view. And, you know, providing they make each other bleed, they'll probably make a faction together.
3: I mean, well, Danielson said that he ain't bleeding. He's going to make sure that Moxley does, but don't be surprised if you're the only one bleeding.
2: You do that to Danielson's chest, <laughs> he's going to bleed. <laughs> a little tickle on his nipples is going to make his chest bleed.
3: I mean, he he's bleeding, brother. He's a bleedy boy. I thought this was a wicked ending angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super stoked for that match. Loved it. Uh, this was such
2: a great episode of Dynamite. This was a fantastic episode of Wrestling TV to set up a pay-per-view. There wasn't a super good match on here. Nope. The Battle Royale was fun. Actually, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the Battle Royale. Yeah, but I wouldn't call it a great match compared to the Dynamite's pedigree. Hmm. Uh, but Buddy Matthews debuting and the promo segments of Mox and Danielson in, in the main event there, uh, Kingston Jericho and MJF Punk Just incredible interview work. This was a
3: superb episode of Dynamite to hype you up for a pay-per-view, which is what the TV shows are there to to do. I cannot wait for Revolution next Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking at our poll... Look at that, 59% of the audience thought this was a 5 out of 5 okay. show, 28% thinking it was a 4 out of 5 show, 8% thinking it was a 3 out of 5 show. Uh, I also asked our community for a new version of Middle of the Roads, because mm-hmm. Cody is not there anymore. People did say, you know, well, Dustin's still there, so you can get away with it. But I did like someone's suggestion of Mama Mama mid
2: <laughs> Very good. Uh, 88%.
3: Is that what you scored it in? You gave it the
2: same as last week's show.
3: It's what we on my other podcast would call the DeLorean 88%. That's what we, oh, we, we yeah, because we, yeah, we score all of our episodes out of um uh, 100%. Like what, would you, what do you give it? Uh, I mean, every week of Dynamite is like a 95% for me
2: because I just love this show so much. <sighs> on a five out of five scale.
3: On a five out of five scale, five out of five. There's a moment where there was an, I actually wrote down during this, I love this company. Oh, yeah, I was right, right oh, there. Five. I effing love this this show and this company. <laughs>
2: that was off the hangman buckshot. Because hangman is the best. If you go over to Patreon right now, you can become a pledgehammer wrestletalk.com. Bah. Patreon.com forward slash talk, where you can get your own shout out on this very show, where we've got a few of those, like Geordie Bus Driver Harry.
3: Lovely stuff. Nice to see Harry on here. And Daylight Robbery Rob James. Oh, yes. But we're also here to thank our amazing moderating team, wow we love very, very much, including Amanda. Andy. Brandon. Chris P. Chris R. Chris B. Chris Bacon.
2: Uh, Gregory. John. Les. Nad. Richard. Rob. You make the chat a nice place, everybody give them some Cheap Pops in the comments. The Want me to take over because I've got I it up here.
3: Find it. Um, oh, I did have it, but I've lost it. Hold on, hold on.
2: Why is it not there? I'm in the right thing. Yep, yeah. okay, okay. Hmm. We've just got to open this document here. Hmm.
3: Remember those old clips where Shawn Michaels used to be backstage taking the mick out of yeah, like, did, had type did, on laptops? Did. I feel like that's how we are sometimes. Rob P says, Colt Cabana has been in Australia and teasing a secret mission on his Wrestling Anonymous podcast. He came back the same night as Buddy Matthews' debut. This made me think maybe they're connected. No idea if Matthews has been back home any time though recently. Uh, Charles Berg said, I don't know what to make. I don't know how much of what mjf said was completely true but i'll tell you one thing that i'm sure it was having quarters thrown at him same crap happened to me i know exactly how he felt because i felt it too betrayed and less than human fun fact i'm a generous person partly because i was taught that sharing wealth and good fortune is one of the true joys in life but also because at first i was petrified that people would see me as quote cheapskate Jew as uh, sorry cheapskate jew Quote, end quotes, and I'll do anything to shake off that notion. Now I know I share, now I know I share not for some fear of being looked at negatively, but because I genuinely enjoy that. Anti-Semitism, anti-LGBTQ, racism, sexism, are all constructs of bigots to not only hurt people, but to make them fear how they live. Props to MJF Jam That Jam.
2: Very well said. MJF's the heel. <laughs> but like now he... Just <sighs> Well, how did you get to this document? So, if you go to... Moderator's chat,
3: You're on the schedule change at the moment.
2: Yeah, but I can't see it on the moderator's chat. you scroll
3: upwards, it's there. Oh, it's so early.
2: Why was Gregory? Half six in the morning. Dear God.
3: It's probably because Pete was being like, the shot's out of, it's two millimeters to the left too much. (laughs) Terry's making me angry. Uh, Kevin, MGF had me hooked to every word he said in that promo. Sorry, I did the wrong voice for Pete, sorry. Oh, the shot's just two millimeters off to the left, pal. Kevin, MGF had me hooked to every word he said in that promo. He's so unlikable that he cuts a promo like that. You can only think, okay, I don't know how I'm supposed to boo that guy with ADHD who was bullied as a kid. But I'm sure he'll find a way.
2: Yeah, he'll, he'll, he makes us do whatever he wants. Yeah.
3: Peter Mullins, seeing Buddy was great, but surely the lead is the MJF promo in terms of our podcast title here. It gave me goosebumps and made me forget that I was watching a show. It's now real to me, dammit. What do you make of F4W's claim that this is the greatest promo of the last and next 20 years?
2: It's, it's unlike ever anything I've ever seen. You know, I think of a great recent wrestling promo. I think of Cody's, uh, like, my family's legacy one in, in AEW. But God, I mean, you know, the, the Punk Pipe Bomb one. It's in the conversation, though. Yeah. Um,
3: I was going to lead with MJF on this episode because, I, I, you know, we spent most time talking about that. But um, looking at the keywords, it was all about Buddy Matthews. So mm. I thought I would go with that. Uh, Omar says, that MJF promo really made me teary-eyed. Wrestling... <laughs> wrestling hitler actually made me sad for him and punk reaches out to him in such a humor way to ask if it's true he mouths it's true and walks off perfection
2: also welcome back to the aew pod ollie we missed you uh omar i'm sure that was an unintentional (laughs) uh use of hitler there yeah Uh, i I think what you mean is ultimate bad guy but probably just think about the anti-semantic stuff. Yeah. Probably not the best description.
3: Um, Renee says, I have a midterm exam, so I can't stay for the podcast. Just wanted to say that the MGF promo is probably one of the best I've ever mm. seen. Almost brought me to tears. Love you guys. Also justice for Tempest. Pete screwed Tempest. Give Tempest a chance. Mitchell Johnson, greetings, gents. I thought Jericho and Eddie was going to be my favorite thing this week, but MJF is better than me and toyed with my emotions. Something terrible. Soon, the process of predicting this freaking pay per view shall begin. Holy hell! Jam <laughs> that jam. Roy Slover. Last night, MJF became a babyface, then back to a heel, then back to babyface. All in the same promo. As much as I dislike MJF, I wanted to give him a hug. Meng says that MJF, uh, this MJF punk storyline transcended pro wrestling storytelling like a Carter Omega broke the five star ceiling. From the lowest hanging fruits of punk crossing the line and breaking MJF's shell, everything adds up. Also, getting Syndrome vibe from MJF today. That's why I said Incredibles earlier.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. It's transcended what I thought pro wrestling...
3: The Guilty Hats. I have to say, I love the current trend of babyfaces with compassion. MJF has been reprehensible. And once upon a time, babyface punk would have come down and mocked his weakness. Mm. But instead, I got to see both men be the most human I've ever seen them be. TenRozza, do you guys still think a dog collar match is appropriate to do if they're going to go this direction? With Punk not entirely angrily and now somewhat remorseful, it seems a bit odd. Also love Eddie Kingston. Those lines were fire. But I think that's the point, that it's still a dog collar match.
2: That they are tied together by this one moment.
3: But also like as a... From a character standpoint, this isn't going to be the same as the Brody cody Mm, one. mm -hmm. It's now going to be a completely different match, and that makes it so much more interesting. Peter Mullins, would it be better, more poignant dog collar match now? A total bloodbath of anger and rage, or, and hear me out, Punk just doesn't fight back. What if after this, Punk just lets MGF beat him unconscious with his hands down the whole time? It's not the UFC, Peter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't (laughs) resent (laughs) <laughs> uh, that is that is that is a great idea. I love that, but it would not play. Like you can't do that. you need a proper match to, to satisfy the story.
3: Uh Rhodes Travelled, who's been a member for four months well, in a row, loved uh, look at CM Punk's shirts. Ferris was faking being sick. Punk knows that MGF is faking being sad.
2: Oh, was it Ferris Bueller? Yeah, oh, that's an interesting detail.
3: Hmm. Uh, Jack Nichols uh, And just like that I'm invested in Hangman Page again The promos this week Were fire And Frank Bartello says Jericho looked legit scared <laughs> I I did an interview with He wasn't in the ring with me I was legit scared By Eddie Kingston at times Yeah
2: Checkmate. Amazing promo from NJF. Felt very Eddie Kingston-like with how real and genuine it felt. Definitely one of, if not the best promos I've seen from AEW. Also notice how Moxie keeps doing these suplexes that commentary calls the paradigm shift confusing. Right up there. It's been that way for a long time now. It's more like that's the Death Rider, which he used in M- uh, New Japan. Uh, this is Yeah, the paradigm shift was more of a snap, wasn't it? Hmm matt carney has aew left its spring stage new company and ended its summer stage established media i feel cm punk's arrival could have been their solstice moment but if they go through their autumn and winter will they be able to reinvent for a second spring uh this is very horoscope heavy um but yes i i kind of see where you're going from an evolution they've definitely changed as a company with punk and danielson and the focus of the shows Um, but that's a good thing it's Mm -hmm. growing and you know that's i think that's one of the reasons cody
3: left yeah well he he, we said this about jericho that he became he was the big fish in the small pond now that pond has outgrown him Mm. i think cody may have
2: looked at it the same way Double Beef Gaming, another banger episode of Dynamite. I thought Matthew's debut was done so well with the character work, feigned fear, hesitation to hurt Penta from Malachi and Matthews, that MJF promo, glad to see Keith Lee still being featured, even in a small promo. I think he should be having squash matches. I'd have had one on Rampage. Uh, pill up, pi- a Chad, Menberg for eight months, woo! Eight months, baby! You gotta support my boys. You guys ready for Keith Lee versus Ricky Starks? It
3: did make me think that Keith Lee's not winning the ladder match and it'll be him versus Starks with the FTW title. Potentially.
2: Mm. Uh, he just came into the company. Of course he's gonna feud with Team Taz. <laughs> of course! However, I wanna see promo segments between Keith Lee and Taz. Oh, yes. Uh, CK Murphs. Hello. As much as there are wrestlers I would like to see in AEW, there were two I actively wanted signed. Keith Lee and Buddy Matthews. I'm a very happy boy. The promos last night were incredible from everyone, but must single out MJF. It was stunning. It really was. Sadie Degenhausen Controversial opinion, but Chris Jericho looks so lame against Kingston. Eddie is too damn charismatic. I need Kingston to whoop his dad butt. Dark Penta was so camp and wonderful. Do you think Andrade is winning the TNT title Friday? Love you both. Uh, I
3: haven't seen the spoilers for Rampage, oh, no, and we won't go over them if, if anyone has, but um, or everyone hasn't. But I don't, I don't think he's winning no. no, this Friday. I actually agree with you about Jericho. Like, Jericho you know we i've said this before he attaches himself to he attaches himself to wrestlers that are, are really popular Anyone's he wants to work with me did it with orange cassidy he's done it with dan Housen for his crews he, he did it with the young bucks when he left wwe and went with kenny omega and stuff like that so him wanting to do a promo segment with eddie kingston like this is him looking at that kingston punk segment and being like oh i need to have one of those yeah. now because punk got punk got such good reactions from him, i need to have one of those now but jericho's no punk and it was Eddie that carried that segment for me. Like I thought Jericho was really good, but for me, all
2: of the great stuff in that segment came from Eddie. Uh, Jer, I think that's unfair to say. Jericho is an otherworldly promo. Uh, he just—he's not got the right character right now. Michaela Traub. thank you, Eddie Kingston, for advocating for more women's matches. Yes, I forgot about this. We did. He was like, "Why are we doing this lame sports entertainment stuff?" Hey, TK. Get uh, Chris Statlander and someone down here Willen for Knight a women's match.
3: Yeah, Will <laughs> Nightingale's like, let's have a second women's match on this card, Tony Khan. And I love the fact that he called out this lame thing. Oh, we're only going to have one women's match per card. God. We stand the Mad
2: King. Also, Ali made Jade look incredible. The bunny. I mm-hmm. forget, there used to be a name. I take back the concerns I had about Jade being too green. She's doing great so far. Loved her Jericho interview. Well, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't that. listened to that. Edgar Carrasco. Uh, I was watching Keith Lee's AEW debut when my 12 year old daughter sat next to me. She was pretty quiet the entire time until Keith popped up Isaiah Cassidy on his shoulders at the end, and I heard a small gasp from her. Then thought, oh no, what have I done? That's cute. <laughs> Mark L. Mox versus Danielson, Britt versus Rosa, Punk versus MJF, Cole versus Gangman. <laughs> he spelt Hangman wrong. But no, but I like that's the new name for the Young Bucks and Hangman page the Gangman. Wangman. Hangman, Gangman, is the AEW title match the fourth most hyped match in the card? What a stacked lineup! And I haven't even mentioned the ladder match or the tag team three-way yet. Whoa! It
3: is incredible how this company just keeps pulling out stacked pay-per-view cards after stacked pay-per-view cards. Considering
2: they often present stacked dynamite shows as well. Totally. Colostopia, big announcement coming soon. Who else is coming soon? Beer. Beer to AEW confirmed. MJF trying to get sympathy from Punk because he is afraid of the dog collar match. I hope not. Yeah. Because it was too good. Yeah. Brian Moore. On Twitter, someone compared the MJF Punk story being the Syndrome story arc from The Incredibles, and now I can't unsee it. I mean, it's it's been done plenty other places. I can only also think of The Incredibles now. Surely there's another know they say like
3: the joker is a product of yeah. like but like without the joker there is no batman without batman there is no joker
2: i guess this is like the, the specific snub of a fan signing yes it's very yeah yeah and now i can't unsee it Briscoe's as joker next week also who do you think should be the mystery entrant in the ladder match swerve or johnny gargano swerve johnny Gargano's just had a kid
3: give him some
2: time off Aaron Hamrahan, member for seven months. (laughs) It took took, uh, Tempest five goes to get today's Wordle. What an idiot. Aaron Hamrahan, I love this episode. MJF promo was so great. Every time I see Eddie Kingston, I think I hope he doesn't reach through my (laughs) TV and beat me up. Five out of five. Uh, Zoe Sung, oh, come on, Luke. Ruby was feuding with Bunny and Ford after Brit. Then she made it to the finals of the TBS while having good matches. Ruby is doing just fine. Plus, in retrospect, Jade is the best right now. Tony got it right. I'm not saying, yeah, but that's
3: you're saying about the title win. I'm not saying they put the title on her, but Punk's had multiple bi- and featured storylines on TV. Like, yeah, Ruby has done stuff with the Bunny and Ford, but what were the big TV matches mm-hmm. that came out? Where were those big TV segments? Like, Punk hasn't had a feud over the title yet, but has been on, featured on TV in multiple big time feuds. Like, yeah, I, Ruby is doing just fine
2: is how I would also describe it. It's just fine. Westhead Head Team 90. Mate, AW has the ability to make me invest in almost anything. First 10 minutes of a match, I can be like, meh, but I always nearly end up fully in. Brilliant. Also, we all agreed we're heading towards a six-man tag of Undisputed Era versus Hung Bucks. I love you guys. Yeah, I think so. Very much so. JS Wooten. You can never have too many buzzes. That's like stating, well, I have an Ollie Davis. I guess I don't need that blompier. Eh? It takes time to settle. And when the AEW roster settles, you have nothing but dream matches. And respect <laughs> Pay, Oli. DAD plus WT for life. Um, the the problem... AEW's roster will not settle because they keep adding in people. I was going to say, yeah. Uh,
3: Jack Nichols said, Luke should do an actually good on Shout 2000. It'll be the shortest video ever. Hello, Josh. I mean, you're absolutely right. No, is the answer. Um, even disturbed fans would say it's not a good song. Zoe sung, hey guys, been a while. Lost grandma to oh. COVID late January and it hit hard. You guys are an awesome distraction and thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm good and now, um, now, truthfully. MGF, top baby face. Told you so. Pride of long Islands Love you guys. Matt Carney. Gentlemen, just in an in interest for your, in your personalities, when you found yourself watching a truly great moment of wrestling, do you lean forward on the couch in order to get close to the action, or do you lean back and let it all soak in? I lean forward.
2: What do you do? I'm trying to think. In, match, in matches, live wrestling matches, I definitely lean forward. I've noticed and then I do I will, that on live reactions. Then well. I will stand up, and then I will walk to the front of the, the guardrail. I don't, I don't know. I can tell you what I do in person. I'm a lean forward. Maybe I'm more of a like shut up, shut up, shut up. You know, uh,
3: Danny G. I stopped. Uh, Stop my late part. Stop my lady partner leaving for work. I'm sorry <laughs> for your loss, Ollie. You seem surprisingly <laughs> chipper. Is it a weekend at Bernie's deal? Another fiver well spent.
2: She was in the office yesterday. I've got a girlfriend. I proved it.
3: I've you met, saw her I've met her multiple times been out for dinner with her uh, Hector Troy has been a member has now become a Mengberg. as has CJ Thornton Cyclone has been a member for 10 oh. months 10 months since right. the member button became a thing only a couple to go before the big year mark thanks for everything you guys you're a mark and Chuck Cassis says hey everyone please pray for those in the Ukraine support rest Talk,
2: support each other support Ukraine God bless how long before WWE turn this in a tasteless storyline he... Post WrestleMania, yeah, yeah. I mean we could bring
3: in a big someone from NXT 2.0, do a Russian accent, yeah. bring back Lana. They're probably just rebrand
2: Gunther again, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. What an episode of AEW Dynamite! Remember, go check out our sponsor at Surfshark VPN. They're amazing. You can do click that link in the video description down below, or the one being shared
3: by our wonderful moderating team. Use our promo code WT Podcast to get eighty three percent off that is the numbers eight and three you know like if you're looking at numbers between one and a hundred and they're ones that are right at the end 83 is one of those numbers and you also get three extra months for free there's a 30-day money-back guarantee it's the best way to keep yourself protected online and get access to a bunch of stuff that you can usually get access to like if you're in america the proper wwe network got this email in from alexander who says hey luke and ollie hope you're both well uh i said i had a story from a wrestling show but it's nothing to do with what i wore well maybe a little bit i went uh watching raw in 2008 in manchester (laughs) and the main event was a last man standing match between chris jericho and Shawn michaels fun fact for you i was at that show
2: you were at that show i
3: was at that show
2: you might know this guy
3: um Jericho was WWE champion and I was the biggest Jericho mark. I bought a Jericho t-shirt and realized I was pretty much the only Jericho fan where I sat. Fun fact, I also bought that Jericho
2: t-shirt. It's the red one that's meant to look like an old circus poster. Yeah, you, uh, but now you cringe at the mention of Jericho. He is a bit cringe
3: though, isn't he? I mean, the influencer. Yeah, I've got some things to tell about him in that uh, Eddie Kingston promo, which you'll have already heard. Uh, so when Jericho won, thanks to JBL shenanigans, I stood up and cheered. When all the children and their parents around me started booing and booing right in front of me, I decided to stand up and clap. With the biggest (laughs) smug grin on my face, I carried on clapping. And I clapped. And I kept clapping. I didn't stop clapping. I was getting so much heat from the kids who carried on booing and putting their thumbs down right in front of me. I stayed in the same pose what seemed like forever, just smirking and clapping. Even one of the dads said, Alright, sit down, pal. And I carried on clapping. (laughs) I think if I was someone else, I would have wanted to punch myself in the face too. I even carried on when Jericho went to the back. and My mate said, come on, let's go. So I walked out the arena,
2: still clapping.
3: Mm. I'm annoyed now. I had committed to these actions now and only stopped in the foyer. I walked out acting like a real life MJF. I wonder if anyone's got similar stories of when they were complete tools at wrestling events.
2: Well, where do you want to start?
3: <laughs> anyway, stay safe. Keep up the good work, Alex.
2: Have you never gone into business for yourself at a wrestling show?
3: I mean, you were part of the progress crowd that would would count different numbers at referees. We invented
2: the, the <laughs> roar after mania. You also...
3: Didn't you get shouted at by a wrestler or a referee or something? Like you get Didn't you get shouted at by someone at a wrestling show and you felt really embarrassed by it?
2: Probably. Uh, I think that might have been well, Jimmy Havoc. Uh, mm. God, it sounds weird to say these yeah. people's names now. Uh, but the the story most similar to that one is when I was in a box watching Raw. I got the tickets through someone at work mm. and uh, in the box was a family and their kids and he was cheering at John Cena and I was booing John <laughs> Cena and saying CM Punk is the best, you don't know anything. <laughs> he was about nine years old uh
3: dale here says hi guys just catching up on the podcast and got to the point in the friday show discussing cody Nolly and denise brought up the news of austin's potential return now some people don't want him return in order to preserve their memories of him but i present the counter argument we don't want to see him return because we don't care for him
2: oh interesting
3: now hear me out i'm 23 which means i was born in 1998 me and my friends didn't grow up with Austin. He was gone before we could attach to him. Same with The Rock. To us, the biggest memories we have are bad. Ma- it was a bad match between Cole and Lawler, and sitting down in front of someone for a pop for Austin and slut shaming Lana for existing and ruining CM Punk's title reign for The Rock. Not exactly fond memories. Whenever they appear on TV or are mentioned in your news videos, we switch off. Mentally, not the videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than some, my girlfriend who thinks The Rock is hot because well, what are they going to do? Come back, pop a rating, ruin Eric Rowan, then leave again. Just to my sense. Hope you see where I'm coming from. All the best. Jam that jam, Dale.
2: Well, you know, I spoke to, I said this the other day, uh, I spoke to a friend who is mine and Luke's age and he was, he didn't care about Stone Cold despite Stone Cold being his whole thing. Yeah, I think, weirdly, the idea of Stone Cold returning just doesn't grab people's attention. I think if you were going to do that, probably 10 years ago was the time. Feuding with CM Punk was the time to do it. So it's passed. And sure, it's a big thing, but the moment has
3: passed. I said this to Pete on our Raw podcast, was like, there must be people who don't have nostalgic memories for Austin it has to be because he hasn't wrestled for 20 years and there's a whole group of wrestling fans who just will not care about this um and then the question is like then who are you really doing this for like are you just appealing to i mean granted the median age of a wwe viewer is about 70 so you know you're just appealing to them i guess
2: yeah yeah
3: anyway that's all we've got time for on this edition of the show quickly what are you doing this weekend uh i'm going to cineworld for cineworld day yes you are And I'm off next week, so it's going to be a whole variety of voices on this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I will see you tomorrow with Denise Alcedo and QT Marshall. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye.